Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everybody, we are uh, back at the Beer Ladies Podcast Hub during lockdown, recording once again. We're on episode number nine, which is actually hard to believe. Um, we've been at this for just about you know three months or so, which is uh, great. And today we have absolutely no agenda, which is really really exciting. Um, I'm your host Tandy, and today we have got Christina, Bean, and Sarah, who I'm sure will all say hi in their various ways. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, Bean. <laughs> I love it when Bean just pops a hello. And uh, Christina and Sarah, what's happening, my girls? Christina, you first. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Nice to have you back. And especially on Not On A History One, which is cool. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you've got a few surprises in store for us anyway. <laughs> Sarah, when was the last one you did? You did last week's Thanksgiving episode, right? Yeah, Thanksgiving. So you've got all those sort of occasions at the moment. Thanksgiving, December, holidays, coziness. You've got got it all wrapped up. Yeah. (laughs) That's brilliant. Okay, so as we said, no agenda today. We're literally just going to hang out. Um, But we are definitely going to go around the room and do what are you drinking? So, Bean, how about we start with you? Ooh, we found a two-sides collaboration between 57 the headline and the brickyard gastropub mm. so the limited edition barrel aged milk stout aged in cognac french oak barrels how exciting is that and it actually does taste kind of port like or, yeah. or smell port like i don't so know sh- show us show us that can for the guys watching the mm, i will indeed oh two sides okay move back a little bit so there. it's a dot <laughs> brew two, two sides collab. and dot. what's it called over a barrel yeah over a barrel that's cool what is that art on the can is it like painting i think it's like i don't know it it has like a mountainy feel but like a scratched out yeah i don't know it's just kind of random modern <laughs> Something something to go with the lactose and the oats. What's the ABV on that one, Bean? Oh, it's 8.2. <laughs> Woohoo! Big boy. So it's That's fun. Awesome. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, shout out to Brickyard and Headline. Yeah. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, nice and sweet smelling and mm-hmm. and got that like kind of port smell. It's most it's mostly fun to smell. It's definitely fun to drink, but it's fun to smell. Mm. Cuz the cognac barrel thing. Yeah, so I feel very fancy. <laughs> That's awesome. Sarah, what have you got tonight? Oh, nothing that fancy. It is a I should be able to pronounce this for having lived in Germany and spoke in German at one point in my life, but my pronunciation is bad. Beiruther, Beiruther, Hell. It's a Hellas locker. Um, yeah, that's embarrassing. I should know how to pronounce that. Um, it's just 4.9%. It's light. Just want something really light, nice and light, nothing too heavy on the stomach tonight for me. So mm. it, smells, it smells like this would be really good for summer mm. so, or in a beer garden. Yeah. Mm, hell is yes. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Very summery, summery beer. I know this is the December, but <laughs> there are no rules. It's 2020. No rules. Yeah. This it's is December beer. casual. Is. Yeah. We're just having the chats and keeping you company while you go a wassailing among the leaves of green and hanging up your laundry so fair to be seen. <laughs> Christina Friend, what have you got tonight? Right. I'm drinking. Ahini Brewery. It's um, it's a collaboration with Boundary Brewing. Um, I can see stars. Uh, Russian imp stout. Um, You're also in a big boy tonight. Yeah. So you know, I could have been sensible and picked like a low ABV one because it's school <laughs> night and all that stuff. But I was like, oh, eleven percent. Let's go for that. That yeah. seems. <laughs> oh my god. That seems like a, you know, good school night beer. So um, if, if, if by the end of the episode I've completely descended into chaos, you know why. Um, you know, beer ladies, regulars, it's all good. <laughs> it's a cozy evening inside. Oh, isn't yeah. it? It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I've got kind of non, non-seasonal as well, but seasonal, but non-seasonal. But I have picked a theme for tonight, which will soon emerge. I've got a, uh, I've got a curious orange. It's a Saison beer, Saison, with sweet orange peel and thyme. It's from Dungarvan. So, mm. Christine, I know you visited the brewery recently. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was in Black Rock Cellar today for the first time in a long time. Um, I've been ordering a lot online, but today I made my way into a physical store. Um, and, oh, my gosh, was I... I was just in heaven because the place is stocked to the rafters and there, I, I, everywhere I looked, there were just new and interesting things to try. Um, I had to really rest, you know, restrain myself and control my, my, <laughs> control my urges to buy everything. I still walked away having spent far too much money, but it's okay. Um, so yes, I'm trying this one. It is a also limited edition special brew from Dungarvan and um, they're down in Waterford. And it's a saison, and I love saisons, so that's that's what I'm up to tonight. That sounds lovely. I love saisons too. It's quite the color. It's yeah, mm. orangey. It look. is. It's 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 kind of goldy, and it's got a bit of haze. It's not it's not it thick, lovely. but it's lovely. And when I poured it, it had a very frothy kind of foamy head, which is so mm. nice in a saison. And it's definitely it's staying, which is impressive. And it is bottle conditioned, which is always nice. I, I mean, I think you want that in a saison, but it is lovely to see it. You don't always see them um, with with brewers these days. Mm. Oh, shit. Overflowing. <laughs> oh, God. The evening begins. <laughs> I, I keep pouring in like parts because I don't want to overflow. And then mm. what I actually do is agitate everything and overflow it anyway. We're, we're going to start off how we mean to go on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I have this theory, okay? <clears throat> I have a theory that I want to run by you guys and tell me if I'm, I, you know, I could be completely um, wrong. I, my, my theory is that people who don't think that they like beer, um, maybe because they think they like wine or they like gin or mm. you know, something else, there's often like a style that really fits what they really like. And mm -hmm. for me, Saison is one of those styles that really fits wine drinkers. And if you find a person who's in particular kind of like a white wine fan, but doesn't know, doesn't think that beer is for them, my theory is that Saison is the right match for that. And if they're a gin fan, IPAs or parallels are the right style for that. And if they're kind of more into sweeter um, things, then maybe like a stout or a porter or something. What do you guys think of that? Like, is there is there a match mm. for beer styles with other drinks that are are the more natural kind of gateway beer or style, as opposed to everybody just starting with a lager? There should be. Mm. Everybody has to fit into that box now because that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I if you weren't in that box, jump in. <laughs> I don't um, I think that that's right. I don't know if it matches exactly with the style. It depends mm. on the person, but I find people who don't who who don't call themselves beer drinkers, they don't like it when they try mm. a sour. Mm. That's when they are on the craft beer bandwagon. That's when they decide, actually, this doesn't taste like beer at all. Why is this so good? My taste buds confuse me. Um, that's, that's what I find yes. in my experience is a sour is the gateway drug. And actually, you're right, because sours really are a gateway drug for a lot of people. And women, especially. You know, people always market to women the sort of pink, sweet things when actually what is often the better gateway is sours and saisons. Mm -hmm. um, and stouts and and stouts yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. those are the conversion drinks stouts yeah. and sours um in particular stouts because if you like coffee it's yeah. a really good gateway it's a really good gateway pint mm -hmm. um, um and then sours of course because oh this is a beer this is this is a beer what what is this yeah. um yeah so though i would completely agree with that those those are sort of when we have beer ladies meetings and we have members who have come and said, okay, listen, I don't even like beer. It's just, it seems like this is the thing. Like, why should I enjoy this? Can you direct me to something I might like? Then, you know, it, it's a quick rundown of, okay, what do you like to eat? Do you drink coffee mm -hmm. and these kind of things? And then we'll just go through and typically, you know, you give them a nice well-made stout, nothing too overwhelming. Like I'm not going to give them a Russian empty stout like to start with. Um, but Something like that, you know, with a nice coffee, lots of coffee, dark chocolate mm -hmm. notes in a, in a in a stout. Oh, this is quite nice. And then exactly like Sarah said, with a sour. Whoa, what is this? This is delicious. Yeah. This is beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also think it's uh, generational. I know, um, you know, having given the craft beer to my mom or some aunts or older relatives whose idea of beer is very 70s based 80s based when it's like you know you have a couple cans of Budweiser or Coors Light at the baseball field you know doing like softball teams or whatever they have those coolers you know what I'm thinking I'm thinking about right mm -hmm. and it's just crappy not that it's crappy but it is crappier beer and they just associate beer with that kind of flavor and that's it across the board and trying yeah. to get them to just saying just taste this you might like it and then to see their eyes go wide and they're like, that's beer? That doesn't taste like beer at all. 
Yeah. So. I have a friend whose mom is totally a, the kind of mom that she'll come over to visit her daughter. She could just leave her with a glass of wine and a stack of books. But then when she brings her out for a drink, it sours all the way. Nice. And I love it. And actually, when, so speaking of saisons, mm-hmm. I do have my, my uh, little bottle conditioned, and they even had this wax oh. dip on the top of the bottle. It's an Fancy. Otter Bank. So it begins, uh, and they aged it in Pinot Noir and Chardonnay barrels. Oh, that and I, oh, I opened it. Now, you were encouraged to either save this for years, mm-hmm. if you wanted, or to open it soon. And I was just too curious. And I think if you like champagne, yeah. you can do that. And that's how it came across to me. I was like... This is champagne beer. Mm. It's very cool. It's the champagne of beers. Isn't that the tagline for... It's Well, for the top is dipped in wax. It's really fun. <laughs> I know. Can I just say, by the way, I find it actually really annoying to find beer bottles dipped in wax because they're a pain mm. in the butt to open. Like It was absolutely a pain in the butt to open. Yeah. It's like I'm amazing. doing it, guys. But it does look nice. It is. It does look good. Although I must say, like there was a there was a brewery in South Africa, and they they were running out of um, cold storage, so they only had quite a small brewery and whatnot. They were running out of cold storage, and they had this 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 uh, Belgian triple that they had um, brewed. Mm. So they decided that they were going to condition it under sea, under the sea, like in the water under the sea. Whoa, That's which a was great really idea. Cool. Yeah, it was actually really cool because it yeah. is completely consistent in terms of the temperature what um, about pressure yeah so they actually worked it out they tested it so that it wasn't going to be too far down to have too much pressure oh. but the pressure also helps with carbonation i'd imagine i mean i could be completely wrong again but um look it was a bottle conditioned beer anyway so it wasn't going to need pressure to help it but i can't imagine it hurt and what was really cool was because they also had to dip it in wax so that it was like really really sealed <laughs> But each bottle that you got, it was a 750 mil. So it was quite mm-hmm. a special kind of limited edition release thing. It, it came with barnacles from, from Everett Lay. That is so cool. So fun. That yeah. is really cool. So, so fun. It's the same brewery. They're called Drifter. And they brewed a uh, saltwater goza during Ooh, the water oh, crisis nice. a couple of years ago, oh. which was a really good idea. So um, smart. And- mm, oh. Not only salt water in their brew, because obviously it's too salty. But mm. they used a portion of salt water, which was very clever, mm. very good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I did like the, the fact that it felt really special because you really did get, kind of a feel for where it lay, and, uh, mm. and that wax was kind of worth taking off, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be worth taking off the wax after you'd saved it, for a little while. Because I think this would just improve, like just mm. become even more interesting. And mm. I'm interested if I had to go and pick up some of those saisons, if I could, if I could find the self discipline to have oh. one now and then save one for later. Or what, mm. you know. Tandy, what you have to do is you have to put it in a quote very important place, and then you'll forget about it, and you'll lose <laughs> it because you put it in the important place, and then you'll find it three years later, and it'll be perfect. I mean, that's what I always do. I put it in an important place, and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me with some caramel uh, pastry stout, the the old school original one from uh, White Hag. Found a few of those in the corner. Like, oh, yeah. yay, that's good. 
<laughs> I, I do that too. I bury things in the back and I'm like, oh, wow, look at this from three years ago. <laughs> Good thing, you know, you can't get sick from drinking old beer. I'm going to drink this now. <laughs> well, it depends on how old it is. Well, I mean, beer doesn't, beer doesn't, it, it, it's not a, it's not a good, ugh, it's not a good environment for anything that'll harm you. I mean, it's not going to taste no. particularly yeah, well. Not on, not yet. on your usual historical scale That's, of old things. No. <laughs> it wasn't like I'm, in a ship for a long time. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to drink. I'm not, you know how people like <laughs> find those like things of wine and it's like, you know, a thousand years old. I'm not trying to drink that. Yeah, that beer wasn't in an amphora for centuries. No, no, but I will drink the ones that are in the back of my cabinet. Fair. I don't think I've ever, I don't have any beer laying around that I've hidden and forgotten about. But every time I look over at our little bar cart, it's a little Ikea bar carts. I keep thinking, when did I buy club soda? It's not club <laughs> soda. It's Pachine. Siphon <laughs> 10. I'm like, I keep forgetting we have this. It's not for me. It's for Lisa, actually. I think she mentioned it on a podcast. And I keep forgetting to get it to her. But it's like, I didn't know I had that. It's been, but it's Pachine that we picked up from my in-laws the last time we visited. Um, and I think it's it's at least 10 years old. It's it's aged Pachine. We don't know what it tastes like. I refuse to taste it. Just taste it, Sarah. No, I don't want to die. It's not going to hurt you. I don't want, I don't want to. I've, I've smelled it. That's enough. Like, what does it smell of? Regret. <laughs> Bad decisions. That's what it smells like. Mistakes. It's great. God. I've never, I've never had Puccine before. Um and it, It'll well, put hair on your chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it, kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might. There's no guarantee. <laughs> um, for people who aren't in Ireland, does someone mm. want to explain what Pachin is? Um, I don't know how to describe it other than Irish moonshine. Yeah, that's a pretty that's good description. It. Or yeah. moonshine is Irish. Or moonshine yeah. is American Pachin. It's yeah. The, it, yeah, it's the same concept, um, but usually... You can buy like like you can go uh, into a liquor store and in, in the U.S. and buy moonshine over the like in a liquor store, but that's not the legitimate stuff. The legit stuff is the stuff that somebody's distilled in a shack, and you may actually go blind from it. And it's you always find it like the real stuff is always in another bottle of something it's never what it's not what's on the label yeah so. <laughs> i think every country's got their version of puccino moonshine right mm -hmm. like yeah. has got mampur and it's made from fruits and it's also just a bit of a home-brewed spirit it's it's become it's become a big enough market so it's not just home done anymore you know the same with sort of moonshine in the states like you get, you know you get commercial examples yeah and those ones are much nicer um but yes typically people would take fruit and just you know make whatever strong ass booze they could with it yeah, yeah. you can get poaching now official like yeah can you distilled poaching now yeah it's 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 Great. the thing now yeah you can get actually like um commercial poaching what is yeah. the base ingredient normally potato it's cereals grain whey oh. sugar beet molasses oh here you go and potatoes but it's not 
not necessarily potatoes. According to Wikipedia. However, the notion of legal poutine has been viewed as an oxymoron. If you see a product labeled poutine in an airport or a bar, it's simply a white duty-paid Irish schnapps. By definition, poutine is illegal and can't be sold. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, it says the old style of poutine distilling was from a malted barley base for the mash, the same as single malt whiskey. So originally we're talking about malted barley base. Um, in more recent times, some distillers deviated from the using malted barley as a base of the mash due to the cost and availability, switching to using treacle corn and potatoes. Potatoes. So like Potato old, old school, recipe. old school potching is malted barley based and new school is whatever they feel like making it from. Mm. There's a raisin brown sugar recipe with potatoes and wheat. Okay. Should we do what? that? Come on, Bean. Let's make some poutine one day. Oh, and Sarah, okay. it says it says here not to worry about the blindness. That's usually due to adulteration and not from lack of quality. So it's not mm-hmm. from the actual potching itself. It's due to people putting other things in it and messing around with it. Mm. Don't cut your good drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I say definitely like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You don't survive this long without knowing to not adulterate your good drugs. <laughs> but yes to brew day. Yeah, Absolutely. let's make some. Yes Why not? That sounds fun. Still yeah. day. Yes. I don't even know how we we'd make still it. Still the nash. Have a stool. Mm. But the, you, you we'll have figure to, it out. First yeah, things we'll first. <laughs> you, you, I'm sure you could do like you can MacGyver style make a stool that can fit on your stove. I'm pretty sure. I know a person who's done that before. This sounds like... Maybe we shouldn't be announcing our illegal activities on a podcast. Oh. We're cutting all of this out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we're never we're never going to make pushing ourselves. That is not happening. I am sorry for any confusion. This is not a real thing. <laughs> this is hypothetically. Isn't that how the lawyers speak? In a hypothetical situation... In a hypothetical situation, our hypothetical still could be hypothetically made on the stove. We're not saying that we are, but hypothetically, <laughs> one yeah, would I don't do like it. to commit to <laughs> absolutes because then the word premeditated gets thrown around the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Beer Ladies podcast was short lived. <laughs> You're hypothetically premeditating to make some moonshine someday if we can get our still together. <laughs> oh <my> hypothetically. <laughs> Hypothetically, and hypothetically, we could flavor it with all court- sorts of fun things, hypothetically, like black currants or elderflower, mm. hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I'm hypothetically sorry I brought this up as a subject of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it began with saisons and has moved swiftly devolved. Illegal activities. <laughs> We're going to make millions. Yeah. It is really yeah. weird, though, because I did learn... Not so recently, but I did mm-hmm. learn that in Ireland it is illegal to distill alcohol at home, right? And oh, yeah, really? So, no, yeah, you wouldn't so think you, so. I know. So <laughs> that's why, you know, poutine is poutine. But it's weird hmm. because brewing beer isn't illegal. And I suppose it's hmm. got to do with the alcohol content. But I think genuinely it has got <laughs> to do with, um, you know, when you've got spirits, 
you you do like a you you distill something then you've got to wash and then you've got to kind of distill it again and it's got to be done as kind of a certain number of times and mm. then it's there's a, there's another process which clearly I don't know anything about but you 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 take away the dangerous part of the alcohol which is the methanol or ethanol shit which one is it ethanol Me- ethanol you want to drink the ethanol that's what you want right you don't want the wood alcohol you want the good ethanol <laughs> Google. Listen, I've been Googling this. And of course, the historian has found the Illicit Distillation Act of 1831. An act to consolidate and amend the laws for suppressing the illicit making of malt and distillation of spirits in Ireland. And basically, um, you had to take out a license. Oh, you're right. Chemists could distill. Interesting. Chemists still can, can't they? Because you can get distilled water from chemists, but not from a store. Which is bonkers, That's and, bonkers. It's be- and it's be- it's not because of the product at the end of it. It's because of because you need a still huh. in order to do it. You can't buy isopropyl alcohol here except from a pharmacist, and you can only buy small amounts of it, which is really yes. annoying because you can just get it anywhere in the United States because people use it for lots of reasons. Same. In That's South annoying. Africa. Yes, same in South Africa. You can't just get um, r- rubbing alcohol, right? That's yeah, same exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't just get it here. You got to go to a pharmacy. And, every, and, you know, everyone's got a family or friend or somebody who's making pachin somewhere. Yeah. I mean, that's where ours come, came from. Yeah. We have like a plum pachin as well, which Ooh. maybe I'll taste that one. That, that sounds one. really nice. And um, when I was anything. when I was in university undergraduate in West Virginia, um, I think you probably know where this is going. Um, people made moonshine. And all different kinds of moonshine, um, watermelon moonshine, raspberry moonshine, strawberry moonshine. And it was delicious, like really, really good. But you're talking about people whose, you know, mother made it, grandmother made it, great-grandmother. Like it's it's a tradition. So they're very yeah. good at it. Yeah. And it's been passed down. So the mm. knowledge. Because, you, you know, what now happened um, during lockdown in South Africa was that all the booze was banned. And everybody then decided that they were going to become a home brewer. And that was actually kind of dangerous to an mm. extent because people weren't trying to always brew moonshines or beers or, you know, tapache or, or anything that's kind of low ABV. A few people were trying to go for spirits, like hard stuff, mm. and a few people died because oh. because it's not something that you – it doesn't matter how much you Google it. You actually have to kind of know a few things, and you really don't want to mess around with that sort of thing. So, you know. Yeah, I'd say I'd say if you've never if you've you know ne- never really done it, the time to start is not when you're um, you know deprived of your of your alcoholic uh, drink. No, no, <laughs> no. It's something definitely to be to be mm. careful of. Mm. Wow, well, moment of sadness. Since we're talking about <laughs> traditions and things that have been passed down, <laughs> does anyone want to talk about like Christmas traditions in their family? Since we're in December and it's holidays and yeah, who's feeling Christmas vibes yet? Not me. Not you. Nope. I am actually. I'm. I'm ready for it. Like I yeah. think I just for me it's just because 2020 has been an absolute dumpster fire and so like anything that makes me happy or like can distract me i'm here for so like i've got tandy's um like christmas pints shirt on i mean i'm sweat sweatshirt on and it and if you're um just listening to this it's um one of cracky tandy's designs and it's got like snow on the top and all different beer glasses with like uh reindeer horns and a santa hat a little (laughs) snowman it's really cute 
Um, yeah, it's pretty and it's festive. It's so cool. Um, so, so I'm just, I'm just ready for the holidays. I'm just mm. full in. Oh. Sign me up. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. I will be- get there. I will be there very soon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Bean, how about you? How are you feeling? Are you ready for Christmas yet? For the holidays, at least, whichever. Yes and no. Mm-hmm. I'm. I tried to go and get things in the mail for Christmas a bit earlier. I was like, you know, 90% of the way there. We're a pretty bah humbug kind of crew. <laughs> oh, yeah. A bit over Christmas in my youth. Uh-huh. A very good mom. So, yeah, now I'm happy to not put up a tree and not bother with cleaning really? up tinsel. Yeah. Okay, I'm so how do you, happy how do you out, spend actually. it? What, what is like your sort of typical Christmas? What does it look like? Oh, well, depends. If I were home, then I would be happy enough making the turkey and doing all the things. And if I'm not home, then a bag of crisps that is meant to take like <laughs> taste like roast turkey is just <laughs> fine. I think we we might try and get a bit of hammer turkey or something this year. A couple of craisins. <laughs> Craisins. What is a craisin? It's just a cranberry. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like a cranberry, but like it's dehydrated. It's a much better name than just dried cranberries, which is what I know them as. <laughs> craisin sounds much, 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 well, much fancier. See, they're delicious. That's because I'm fancy. I I know the brand names of dried cranberries. If it's you know Ocean Spray or Ocean Spray competitor, <laughs> I used to go ice skating with my brother because he used to play hockey and I'd take him down to the rink or we'd go uh, do the whole sledding down the hill thing as kids or have way too many presents and uh sounds yeah, delightful that's, that's nice just really hanging out and being cozy mm. i've got my christmas oranges though your christmas I, oranges i do remember so we'd get sort of the the box of those kind of easy peeler mm. little clementines and their mandarin oranges in the papers. And they used to come in these green papers and it was kind of a little hunt. You'd hide and go seek for which papers still had oranges in them. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. But, uh, yeah, I think that's just, that just about does it for me, really. There's mm. like just kind of bahumbug and hang out and not too not not do too much that's special but sort of like the the old ritual that you were talking about in another podcast there's like little little everyday things that are still Mm. important and so just putting a sprig of holly on that whatever your little mini traditions are that are daily just you know put a little bit of tinsel on that and call it Christmas and it makes it feel a bit special. So Sarah, um, in a normal year, not a 2020 year, how would you normally be spending Christmas? You know, it's funny that you say that because I've been talking about that with my husband lately. And for us this year is basically going to be like every other year. We've always spent Christmas, just the two of us. Um, Since we got married, it was important to both of us to create our own Christmas traditions, and we've done a really good job of that um, because it's too much of a hassle 
in any year to travel back to the United States to be with my family. Um, we did it once and it was really fun, but it was exhausting. Mm. And you know, with the weather, you never know what's going to happen. I, I get too stressed out and anxious to travel at that time of year and I don't want to get sick and all these things. And um, we wouldn't go back to his parents' place because of days off and public transport. It's just a pain in the butt. So we stay home. And um, so it's not going to be any different for us this year, which is, you know, maybe we're luckier than other people that do have to sacrifice seeing their families. We always spend it together Christmas Eve. Um, Christina would know she's kind of part of our Christmas Eve tradition as well. Sometimes if we can work it out, which is um, a pub crawl on Christmas Eve, we have, Mm. we go for a couple pints and the Christmas, Christmasiest of pubs in Dublin. And then we get home, we have some snacks, we watch Die Hard. If we're still awake, I'll throw a lethal weapon on. Even though that's really depressing in the beginning, it is a Christmas movie. Um, But yeah, and then the next day we go for a Christmas morning walk. We cook dinner and just kind of lounge about, eat, watch Christmas movies, uh, call my folks, call his folks. I mean, it's going to be the same this year. Is there like a specific meal that you'd prepare for Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? I mean, Christmas Eve, you normally pub hopping, I guess, so Christmas Mm. Day then. Uh, Christmas Eve, I do like sausage rolls. You know, those the nice sausage rolls and the puff mm. pastry, throw those mm-hmm. in the oven. I don't, Christmas Eve is all about put it in the oven. I don't have to think about it. Set the timer. Mm. Okay. Because you've had a couple of pints. Yeah. And then Christmas Day, I like ham, mashed potatoes. Mm. It's not it's not too much different than Thanksgiving. Mm. I, I just add more. And I do a lot of cookies. Like, I don't know about mm. you guys, but I don't like the Christmas pudding thing that people light on fire. I don't like, I don't like those kind of desserts. I just want cookies. So I make a bunch. <laughs> that sounds yum. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, cook, cookies sound like a, like a good part of Christmas to me. Yeah. Christina, tell us about your uh, like typical Christmas and how you might spend it. Um, uh, similar to Sarah, so mine's not really going to change that much because Paul and I just, which is my husband, um, we just kind of do our own thing. Um, because of course my parents are in the states, um, and you know we get together with his family on Stephen's Day, mm. um, but Christmas Eve and Christmas Day it's are our Boxing Day to those guys in the UK and other parts of the world. Yeah, and then so, for the United States, it's just the day after Christmas. It's just the day after Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's we nothing. don't. It's nothing. Um. <laughs> So we, we, we do Christmas Eve and we, we like to go out for pints. Um, that's usually we meet up with Sarah and Seamus and it's just so nice because it's like the one day that Dublin is just, it's just dubs, like it's just locals and it's just mm-hmm. lovely. Um, because there's just such a sense of camaraderie, um, yeah. it's such a warm, loving environment. Like if, if, if you're a dub in Dublin, you know yourself, like going out for pints on Christmas Eve, it's just amazing. Like it's just, it's just the very best thing. Um, and then, um, Christmas Eve. So this is tradition in my family. Um, and this has been passed down for generations. Um, so we light Bayberry candles on Christmas Eve in the sink. Cool. Um, Bayberry candles and you light them, we put them in the sink and they burn overnight. Um, or, you know, until we blow them out, but you're supposed to let them burn (laughs) down the entire way overnight, um, for good luck. Um, so this has been tradition in my family for, yeah, for forever. Our, um, so yeah. Um, and I'm holding two baby candles and they're just, they're just like boring, like greenish color, nothing special to look at, yeah, yeah. but they smell amazing. Like they, 
they smell really good and they make the whole house smell um and this is just a tradition um for luck and so we we light and we burn those every christmas eve um and then christmas day is <laughs> we start drinking like we wake up in the morning we get a bottle of prosecco we make mimosas um we do presents and then i just start cooking because i make ham and turkey on christmas i make it's a whole big turkey and a whole and it's just me and paul but then we can eat it for the whole week so yeah. then i don't have to cook for the rest of the week which is lovely um so you know turkey ham I make hash brown casserole, um, green bean casserole. Oh, yes, I we, love green bean casserole. It's the best. Yeah, you'll have to send me a recipe, please. I will. <laughs> uh, sweet potato casserole. Um, yes, with marshmallows, lads. Yum. Like, it has to have the marshmallows. <laughs> um, and what else do I make? Okay, two kinds of stuffing because I like very boring stuffing. And my husband likes them. Um, like sausage stuffing. I, I can't, I can't stand it, but my husband likes it. So we make that. Um, yeah. And then like, with, like with Sarah. So the week before Christmas, I start making cookies and I make as many different kinds of cookies as I possibly can. Um, because that's tradition in my family as well. Like having big cookie spreads was the thing. So snickerdoodles, chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal raisin cookies. Um, oh, peanut butter kisses. The, pe- the peanut butter ones where you put the little chocolate star in there, they are like crack. Don't ever give me the recipe no. for those. Thanks. They're so good. Um, uh, Buckeyes, they're also, it's like peanut butter fudge with like chocolate on uh, wrapped around it. Um, oh, all just all kinds of cookies, just any kind of cookie you can possibly imagine. Just these huge trays of them. Um, as well as like poppy seed roll, which is like this roll. It's actually, it's a Polish um, dish. And then inside is um, like sweetened poppy seed. It's, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. And my, my grandmother would make that um, from scratch. And so, you know, just every year, just so many different kinds of cakes and cookies and oh, so good. <laughs> does, does it not stress you out to like have all these kind of things to do or things that you want to cook? I mean, is it is it is it a thing that relaxes you and makes you feel like it's Christmas? Or is it a thing that you're like, oh, I must make it. I must make it. You know, like I, I would say yeah. both. Okay. I would say it can stress you out if you let it stress you out, especially as, you know, I mean, not for every family, but mine, you know, leading up, it's my mom doing a lot of the baking of the cookies and I would help. And by help, I mean, lick the bowl. Um, yeah. It has to get clean somehow, people. Seems legit. And, but then, you know, you throw on some Christmas movies in the background and it really becomes meditative in a process, especially, especially recipes that you've done over and over and over again. And you just like, you set the timer and it comes out of the oven and you let it cool down. It's just meditative. I really enjoy doing it when you put Christmas music on or a Christmas movie, and then it doesn't become so much of a, a laborious task. Um, that's, that's how I view it. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like to me, it's just tradition and it makes me feel like it's actually Christmas. Yeah. Like if I didn't do it, I wouldn't feel like Christmas. Like yeah. Christmas is making cookies and then it, you have some awful harm, harm, ugh, Hallmark movie on in the background. <laughs> you have your glass of beer or mulled wine or whatever. And it is because it's I, I have these cookie recipes memorized. So like, you know, yeah. you make them and then it's just put them on a Put them on two, you know, cookie sheets, put them in the oven, take them out, cool them off, stick them on the thing, yeah. repeat, repeat, repeat. It's not, yeah. it's not that much thinking. Yeah. So yeah. I think the stressful part is more making sure you have all the ingredients and you're ready to go. Yeah. The yeah. That's the yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you have all that and you're actually like, cause like I'd knock it out in one day. 
so like there's not a lot of dishes because what I do is I make one batch of cookies, they're cooling, just rinse out the bowl, make the new batch instead of having to like get all the process in and out again. I mean, it's just for Paul and I, like I'm not that fussy if a bit of my raisin cookie has some chocolate chip cookie in it. Like that's just not, you know, whatever. We just, I just keep going. We just keep going. You know, (laughs) we we cook them all. So, you know, it's raisin, uh, oatmeal raisin cookies, chocolate chip cookies, sugar cookies, and snickerdoodles. And those are the four that I make every year. And it's just boom, 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 boom. Or noble cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Tandy, what's what's the story with the wine, the mulled wine, What's the mulled wine situation at your house at Christmas? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I Christmas has changed a lot since I've moved here. Um, so I've only been here for two years. This will be my third Christmas here. The first year, it was um, just myself and my immediate family. So me, myself, oh, me, Ash, and Rogan. And it was the first time ever that we were alone on Christmas. So that was kind of weird. Um, although my, my dad had come to visit um, and had just left like two days before, I think he... I couldn't stay over, but anyway, that was fine. Um, now, it coming from a southern hemisphere country into a northern hemisphere country, uh, it started to feel, I think, like you see in the movies. Um, it, Christmas is always portrayed in a very specific way, like cold, cozy, cookies, turkey. Uh, you know, and I mean, I'm, I mean, Americanized movies now, not you know, everywhere else. Um, and then things like mulled wine and whatnot. Now. I never liked mulled wine until I came here because suddenly it made sense in the environment and it just never made sense in South Africa, certainly not over Christmas because it would be boiling hot, it's like 30 degrees and, you know, the way that we'd spend Christmas typically, um, in in my family, Christmas Eve was the big one, so we'd have a big old like kind of family dinner. Um, generally, because I've got quite a big family, we'd all bring something, so all bring a dish. Uh, there might be two or three desserts, three or four mains, and you know, you know, three or four starters and sides and salads and things. So it would be like a massive spread, um, but that would be like the big one. Christmas morning was typically more nuclear, uh, so we'd have presents. There's always you know Father Christmas or Santa Claus or Santa or whatever you want to call him. Um, generally coming around um, and and it would be kind of chilled so I mean we'd have a nice breakfast like I don't know eggs and bacon and lovely things and then in South Africa on Christmas day I would normally spend the rest of the day in the pool literally just swimming oh, on nice. a lilo like wine or beer you know often reading a book um, you know because maybe I would have gotten a book for Christmas or something you know just Christmas Day for me is the day of leftovers and the day of being in the pool um, mm. that's obviously quite a privileged um, stance on it uh, in terms of in terms of the world but now here here it's it's completely different so now I've learned to embrace kind of the cold or the island is not cold um, it's just dark and damp it's not it's not cold it's not snowy so Sometimes I wish it would be actually. I'd love to go ice skating again and skiing. You know, I'd love all of those things. But I've now um I've now got like mulled wine. So I've formulated my recipe over the last two years and I'm still going to get better at it. And also there's never going to be a recipe because it's just going to be it's like a master stock. I get my slow cooker on and actually I just top it up <laughs> as we go. So, you know, make some, top it up, add some more ingredients, remove the old ones, top it up, just just keep going. And honestly, mulled wine could just keep me sustained for years during <laughs> Christmas. It's so nice. Um 
this year this year will definitely be um just the three of us and we will try our best to make it as kind of festive as possible but i played a game i played a game with rogan the other day and i said what would make christmas shit like what would be the worst christmas ever and you know if you figure out what the bad side is you can kind of go opposite um, because typically, really, I would be with family. Last year, my mom was here, my sister was here. Uh, this year, it'll be us again. Um, so anyway, he just sort of said, what would be really shit is if we were only on, like, calls all day long. You know? <laughs> so we're going to try and limit the calls and the, and the screen time in that sense. Um, what would really be shit is, like, bad food or having to eat Brussels sprouts. Cool, we won't do that. You know, <laughs> so we'll we'll probably have something very untraditional. I don't know what we'll do for Christmas Eve this year. I, I haven't been in the mood, and we don't ever really do things like ham or turkey. I hate turkey; it's gross, and I don't love ham. I know it's like really, it's very anti <laughs> anti Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> you have a goose or a duck, maybe, or you could have a roast chicken. Like, there's no rules. Yeah, there's no rules. I actually might just make like a, a, a seafood paella or something because, you know, at this point, screw 20. Yeah, that sounds like, good. Yeah, 2020 no yeah. rules. We might just do a cheese platter. Like, who cares? Um, yeah. Either which way. I also like what you guys do in terms of cooking. I do a lot of cooking leading up and not as much baking, but I, I do. But a lot of cooking so that there are leftovers because come Christmas Day, for me, that's the day that I don't cook at all. Like, it's leftover day and that's here or or back in the southern hemisphere so we'll see what we'll see what uh what i concoct oh and by the way i only watched die hard two years ago for the first time I what know. i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> please don't tell me you're one of those freaks who think th- thinks that die hard is not a christmas movie because oh, if no. you are one of them you can no. get out no, no. <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
no, no, no. It's definitely a Christmas movie. And two years ago, Thank when you. we f- when we spent our first Christmas together, uh, just kind of alone, it was it was the way that Ash and I kind of did Christmas Day, like the evening. You know, we were like, right now, what are we doing? Christmas movies, great. So actually, I think that's now become part of the new traditions: is Christmas movies on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, depending on the time of day, obviously. And actually, we already started last week. We watched Home Alone. So there we go. I love Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, I love Home Alone. Yeah. That's my dad's, like, my dad has two favorite Christmas movies. It's Home Alone and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And I can't decide how much I like them and how much I just like watching my dad watch them because he spends the entire time laughing hysterically from the time it starts to the time it ends. <laughs> so we laugh at him laughing. It's so so I'm not sure how much I'm laughing at the film and how much I'm just laughing at him laughing. Um, actually, I brought these to show you. Um, so we call my dad uh, Chevy Chase. That's his nickname um, from National Lampoons because he was obsessed with these like massive Christmas bulbs. Um, not the pretty little delicate ones. These things are huge. Um, and he would get out every Christmas and put these all over the house, but not like in any particular like order, just kind of chucked like around the end would be really nice. But then he'd have like something kind of just hanging down over here, hanging down over there. And so my mom would always call it, Oh, Chevy Chase has gone out to put the lights up again. (laughs) Um, every year and oh, Chevy Chase has got his lights out just (laughs) everywhere, all over, all over the house and everything. And so when they moved to the place where they live now, which has one of those God awful homeowners associations, which is just ridiculous. They're not allowed to have any colored bulbs. They can only have, um, those little tiny white ones. So my dad had to get rid of all of what? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So my dad had to get rid of all of his um, colored bulbs. So um, they gave me one in every color because, I mean, he's had these since I was, you know, before pre-me. Like, mm. as my parents say, BC, before Christina. Um, these <laughs> these have always been around. So I, I now have, um, well, I actually have all the colors of orange and, and white. So you've and got stuff. orange, red, oh. green, blue, and white. And they're yep. kind of like... Retro light bulbs. Yeah, they're the retro ones. These are, yeah, these are old. Like these are the ones that Mm. we've always kind of had. Like they're they're old. Like you can. It's funny that you bring that up, Christina. My mom, she mailed us a she mailed us a Christmas package super early, and it came yesterday. She was very paranoid about the deliveries um, not getting here. She said she should be at this point the post office made these. She came up with this pattern. Yeah, no, it is. I I was I was working on it today, and I read an article. um, It's going to be hell, is what the tagline was. But my mom made these, and you're a cross stitcher as well. She cross stitched, and she's like, I just like them, so I can hang them up. The retro little light bulb. Oh my gosh, that's so So, cute! I could make those. So cute. I'm gonna do that. And then she did just created this like. I'm trying to describe it like the retro light bulb um and she cross-stitched them in all different colors like white yeah. orange green purple blue yellow I'm, light def- bulb string. I'm definitely gonna do that because like what i've done is my mom got me this um like old jar like container so i have an ornament where i keep three of my dad's lights Aww. on my christmas tree that's very um, special yeah um yeah and this is super important to me but i'm totally making that sarah i have yeah, so much 
Ada and I don't do anything. I have a million cross-stitch patterns and so much Ada because I hoard it every time I go back to the U.S. because it's so much cheaper there. I also yeah. have like bags. And if there's a color of cross-stitch thread that you need, I have it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm building up my stash as well. And I, I buy so much when I'm in the U.S. because it's really expensive here. And yeah. So if yeah. you're a crafter, talk to us. Yes. Good to know. We probably have the, the thread you need. Yeah. <laughs> How's your beers, uh, ladies? Are we, uh, are we getting uh, close to about, finishing this? Yeah, I am drinking this slowly, so I'm going to just stick with one because it's 11%. Yeah. How, was, Bean, how was yours? <laughs> well, I did share it with the technical department, but it's <laughs> great. It's gone. It was good. Would recommend. Would have again. Going, going, gone. Because what I thought was that maybe we should have a beer break. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Wonderful. Seems like we should. Okay. Beer break time. Hey, this is Joanne, and you're listening to the Beer Ladies Podcast. And we are back from our beer break. We are uh, suitably armed and ready to be refreshed, right, guys? That's that's what I'm thinking. So uh, yeah. before before we get to our beers, I'm just going to... Remind you all at home, listening or watching, that we are available on every podcast network uh, that you can think of, uh, Spotify and Stitcher and Apple and all all of the places, as well as on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Beer Ladies Podcast, except for Twitter, which is Beer Ladies Pod. Yep. We didn't have enough characters. It was, oh, right. it was too long. Is that, is that why? Okay. Yeah. Was, you always see it with podcasts, like Only Pod. So I never knew why that was. Okay. Mm. And uh, we're also at BeerLadiesPodcast at gmail.com and BeerLadiesPodcast.com. So you can find us anywhere. And um, any suggestions, questions, topic, topics that you'd like to hear about, research that you'd like um, us to do, um, anything you'd like us to cover, send it there. We'll... Um, We'll consider it. Right. We're going around again for what are you drinking? I'm going to start with Christina. I'm I'm still drinking the 11% because I, I, I have to work in the morning and, and I don't want to die. So I'm just going to, or just, I'm just, uh, just a reminder. I'm drinking the Kini. I can see stars, 11% Russian Imperial uh, stout, which is a collaboration brew with boundary brewing. And it's very good. Wonderful. It's I'm not, not, you know, it's just that it it's a, it's a beer that deserves to be sipped. So yes. I'm going to sip and enjoy it. Excellent. Yeah. Good plan. Sarah, you're up next. Oh, I just, it is off the wall in a different country, guys. I'm having the Kirin, Kirin Ichiban, the lager from Japan. And it just, and I've never had it before. I just really wanted to try it. It's only 5%. Let me see what it tastes like. Smells like a beer. Smells like a lager. Wonderful. I like the fact that you got lagers tonight because it's uh, between the Hellers and the lager now. I think that's great. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's nice and light. Mm. Um, in any case, considering that the people listening and watching may not all be from Ireland, it's actually nice to feature beers that are not mm. from here too. So yeah, mm. good one. Bean, what you got? Well, my my better half is drinking the other half of my over a barrel dot brew two sides. So I'm out. <laughs> so we're going old school salted caramel pastry stout from the dark, mm. the the old school dark druid, not the coconut not the orange the white egg classic it's the it's not quite the winter solstice but 
on the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year, the dark druid would cut the mistletoe that grew on the oak tree and give it as a blessing. And, uh, oh, it's mighty tasty. So so, uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that one because I've got the new one. I've got the chocolate orange mm. pastry start. Oh, God. On theme. On theme. So that's what I eventually decided was that I had two beers that coincidentally featured orange. So that was my theme. So I've got this uh, also yeah, white hag. It's called the Dark Druid. It's this year's chocolate orange pastry start. And I still don't really know what a pastry start is, if I'm completely honest. I just know it's kind of a sweet start. There's but, sugar and vanilla. Yeah. And in your case, I guess. Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah. <laughs> I see that can again, actually, Tandy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because I really, I really I'll like hold mine the. Up uh, for contrast. Yeah, I really like the uh, 70s orange brown yes. vibes you have on that can right there. I'm really loving that. Yeah, the kind of retro patterns. It's, it's yeah. very cool. And, um, and I must say, there is, there is something about those chocolate oranges. And I don't know why, and I don't know if I'm making it up, but they do actually make me think of Christmas. They are so good, though. Mm. They do come out at Christmas time. Ah, like them. You don't like you them. You don't like, like them either. I thought nope. it was just me, and everybody nope. loves them so much. Nope. And you can get them in your stocking. And maybe nope. my husband so likes I them. I kind of prefer the old, the, just an orange and also a beer. Yes. <laughs> Separately, chocolate and orange. Good. Together, no. For me. That's how. For me. That's how I feel about chocolate and cherry or, you know, I don't actually like chocolate with fruit generally, but for some reason the chocolate and orange works. I don't know why, but. I like chocolate and fruit. Me too. Sometimes, sometimes I like chocolate and orange, but it's kind of rare. And yeah, I thought I was just the one weird kid that didn't like cherries, chocolate, oranges so much, but. I like chocolate with banana. I like chocolate with strawberry. I like chocolate with cherry. I like chocolate with a lot of different fruits. But for some reason, the chocolate orange. Do, do you like chocolate with pineapple? I don't think I've had chocolate with pineapple. Oh, you should try it. Mm. I think chocolate and pineapple, those are two very distinct flavors. And for me, that even when they're together, I just taste chocolate and then I taste pineapple. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That's an excellent question. And I look forward to finding out. Yeah. Well, what other what other like childhood Christmas traditions do you guys still do, or did you do? Like, what are like what are your big childhood traditions? I can add to this conversation. Um, I uh, my mom my mom is an exceptionally creative person, and when we were growing up, um, she used to make Christmas games for us. And every year it was you know you didn't just get like a sack full of presents from Father Christmas you kind of had to work for them. So so she'd she'd give us things like scavenger hunts or themed um, uh, treasure things. Or, you know, sometimes she'd make us a board game that we had to play and then we'd win, kind of win our presents along the way or whatever the case was. And it it was probably the thing that made Christmas the most special. And it's probably why Christmas morning is a little bit um, sacred um, is because... I've 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 now started doing it with with my own with my own, even though I'm not nearly as good at it as as my mum is. You know, she's she's sort of far better at this thing. But um, even when we knew the truth about Santi or Father Christmas, the game still continued because she just said, "If you don't believe, you don't receive." So we we literally had Christmas stockings and games to go with it up until two years ago. 
<laughs> really. Nice. And the only reason it stopped yeah. was because I was the last remaining child in the country. And then, mm. then I left, so that was that. But we actually did one for my mom last year, virtually. We did it over Skype. We sent her a Christmas game for a change. And uh, we had to, we made her do tasks and a lot of them involved drinking and, you know, various things, but it's, a, it's just fun stuff and like open up a, a small little gift with, you know, whether it's a pair of socks or it, it oh. actually doesn't matter about the gift. It's much more about the, the activity and the fun. <laughs> that so. is so lovely, Tandy. That's <laughs> well done. so lovely. Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's actually, it's, I mean, besides sort of being in the pool and eating leftovers, that's, that's Christmas in a nutshell for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we got stockings forever and ever and ever and like far far older than you know, normal kid stocking. Yeah, the stockings just carried on. Your mom sounds like mine. <laughs> I, I still get one, my mom, but it's not like in a stocking anymore. So like when I see my mom after in the after times, um, after COVID, um, she'll have a she'll have a stocking for me and a stocking for Paul, which is just like one of those like plastic bags now. Um, yeah. yeah, but it'll be filled with all that like stocking stuff, like which is like toothpaste and yeah. and mm-hmm. like a pack of tissues and it's like you that- went to the dentist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That kind of stuff, but we, you know, that's it. We still get them every year, um, and we'll probably get them, you know, for forever. Like it's just, I just think it's a nice thing. Mm. What about mm-hmm. what about you, Bean or Sarah? Like, what about your childhood traditions? I've been trying to think, and oh, one that sticks out for me is so we would spend Christmas up in Minnesota because my mom's family's from there, and everybody would get together. You'd have like 15 people in the house and you could not open Christmas gifts until after dinner was done, which as a child annoyed me to no end because I knew, I knew my uncles and aunts and my parents were sitting there lengthening out the talk and the chat. And I was like, can we please open the gifts now, Uncle Mike? It would drive me up the wall. And then (laughs) when they finally like, slowly moseyed into the living room. <laughs> it was always the youngest child would pass out the gifts, which was really fun. It was fun mm. for me as the youngest for a while. And then my cousins came along and that was, it was nice. And I think that's a tradition. They kind of, we kind of still kept up for some reason. I don't know why it made no sense. It was just something we did. Um, but yeah, the, it was really agonizing to wait till after dinner. <laughs> uh, grownups take so long to talk. <laughs> Why did it take so long to talk? What is there to talk about except for Christmas presents? No. <laughs> no, God damn it, no. Die hard quote for all of you people. So <laughs> well, that's where it came from, and now you know. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, don't hate me, but I also only watched Legal Weapon Lethal Weapon for the first time two years ago. So You know, I <laughs> I don't hate you. Yeah. If anything, I envy you. I don't think I really watch that for the first time. And it's an experience not... to treasure. Like I feel like I'm not even caught up. Like how many how many diehards and how many lethal weapons are there? Like I haven't watched them all yet. Neither have I. Neither will I probably. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Paul and I got tickets to go to the drive-through movies at the RDS. Um, oh. go see Die Hard. Yeah, I'm excited um, because because it's like COVID friendly because you just sit in your mm-hmm. car and they have all different kinds of mulled wine and all kinds of stuff. And like, obviously, Paul can't drink, but 
I can. So I'm going to. I'm going to have some mulled wine and they have wood-fired pizza and they have all kinds of lovely things. So I'll have some mulled wine and Paul will have his pizza because he loves pizza. So he's a happy camper. Um, and then we'll get home and then, you know, he can have he can have a beer or whatever. Um, but yeah, it'll just be nice to be able to drive in and, and, and watch a film. It's mm. amazing to me because you know, drive-ins used to be so popular and then they just died. And now because of COVID, like mm. all of these little things that just come back, you know, mm. um, and obviously drive-in is probably mm. one of them. And I don't know if it's a temporary solution or if it's going to come back permanently. I'd hope it's permanent. I used to love the drive-in. I love the drive-in. Kind of, mm. I think the drive-in would be great just because I don't go, I haven't been to the movies in years. I'd say probably seven years. Mm. Honestly, because I hate other people and I'd like to just sit in my car and not be annoyed by other people yeah that's the good thing you don't have to listen to anyone else yeah yeah and if you have a question or you want to talk you can you can talk to your partner like I mean I don't talk during films but for those of you who do talk during films now you can talk in your car and not answering your phone in the middle of a film annoying the rest of us (sighs) yeah I'm all for drive-ins. Have you guys seen over the su- over the summer? It was uh, comedians were doing drive-in comedy shows. I saw Jim Gaffigan did a drive-in cool, comedy show, That's and cool. he said it was the weirdest experience because all these people are like he's he's performing for like this huge field of just people in their cars. And instead of applause, I, mean, I guess they were clapping, but they were honking horns and flashing the lights, oh, and that was just strange. so bizarre. And he's that's like, you can't. Cool, you can't hear them laugh yes yeah so but it was just like a once in a lifetime kind of thing yeah but that's such a clever adaptation i love that that would be totally trippy i would i'd love to go to something like that just to experience it you know Mm. just to kind of see How, how about you being any any childhood traditions i remember in my school we used to do this caroling in the halls on the lead up to Christmas, so in the mornings before class, we'd all, we were like kindergarten through grade six. So, you know, like five years old to 10 years old, that kind of age. And the uh, music teacher would wheel out the piano into the hall and we'd all like sing just whatever jingle bells or there were little books, little Christmas carol books with all the words in them. And that was pretty cool because all the way up the hallway in my little elementary school, we're like kids all different years singing the same songs. Aw. It's pretty good. That's lovely. No, that's yeah. really nice. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. How about you, Christina? Any any specific sort of childhood traditions besides your dad and his lights? <laughs> um yeah, actually I brought more things for show and tell. Um so I'm so sorry if you are um, listening to this and not seeing it, but I will describe it for you. So um, this is a music box. It's a German music box. Um, it's it's like a, a scene in like a little house. It's wooden. Um, it's got a Christmas tree and some um, Christmas toys. And there are people sort of, um, there's like a little advent thing and there are like little wooden people in this house and they're making things and yeah. And so basically, yeah. And it turns around. Um, That's cute. The oh, middle of it. Um, and then I have another one, and this one. 
you crank it and it turns and it goes uh... oh that's so cute um that's yeah and so so my parents um have gotten me um, you, so like um I, I Lisa and I talked about this but but I'm adopted so I don't have any like um traditions like cultural traditions like mm. related to like who I am and like what my ancestry is so my parents thought it was really important for me to get to have um some form of tradition so every year since the first year they had me they've got me a music box for Christmas so oh, cool so I'm you know it's 35 music boxes or will be 35 music boxes or more than 35 because sometimes my mom just gets me another one just for so I have this <laughs> I have this massive collection of music boxes and they're all different ones. Like um, she, she likes to get me these German ones. She, mm. she really likes these, but um, all different kinds, precious moments. I have, um, I was a ballet dancer for a while. So she got me, um, I call it ballerina bear, but it was this bear that you cranked up and it was a, it was a stuffed bear, a little ballet costume. Um, Oh, I have, you know, just so many, so many different ones, massive collection. Um, and yeah, that's Christmas to me is, is sort of getting, getting my music box. Um, and it, if I didn't have any other gift, that would be the gift that I, that it just means so much to my mother and to me. And yeah, that's, that's really cool. Would, mm-hmm. would you, would you try and pass that down? Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I won't pass my music boxes to my, to my child until, of course, until I pass away. Cause they're, they're very meaningful to me and my mm-hmm. mother. And, but, um, you know, and that's between me and my mom. So between me and my child, I will start the tradition again, um, mm-hmm. and, and buy them their own sets of music boxes. And then of course, when I pass away, then I'll give them all of mine, mm-hmm. um, to add to, to their, their already collection. Cause mine are so precious to me. Um, so I, I would like to continue that with a child. I just, they just mean so much to me. And my yeah. mom has written on the bottom, like of all of them, like the mm. year that she, the year that she mm. sent, gave oh, it to that's me. Awesome. Um, so, and like, I mean, <laughs> these are, some of these are old, like I have German music boxes from when the Berlin wall was still up. So like I have East German mm. music boxes from like years and years and years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of them are very valuable. That's now. pretty cool. Um, yeah, some of them are extremely valuable now. Um, my mom does, you know, some of these, these are quite nice music boxes. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're my, they're my most precious thing that I own. Mm. Do you guys buy yourself like a Christmas present or do you do something for yourself every Christmas that is, um, whether a new tradition or an old one? I have started doing this lately. And I'm very bad at keeping up with it. I'm trying to make this a tradition for myself, which is um, knit myself a pair of socks, at least to work on over the holidays. That's like, cute. And I'm not that fast at sock knitting. I know other knitters are really fast at it, but I, it took me two years to finish the last pair I started over Christmas because I'm that slow. Um, but it was like a special Christmas skein of yarn. It was like red, green, and white. And it was really pretty and... Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I give myself a project to work on and I'm like, this is my Christmas project. Cause I That's associate cool. things I work on with memories or I, I know when I look at something mm-hmm. I've made, what I was doing or what I was watching or how I was feeling at the time. So I try to have something positive to, mm work on or to give myself positive memories whenever I look at it but that's something I don't really give myself anything we don't really do gifts Mm. 
we're just like if we're the kind of people that if you if you want something or you need something just get it but I, I try to at least do that that much for myself that's very cool Bean how about you is there anything that you do for yourself specifically over the time probably <laughs> there's probably indulgences that I that I give unto myself <laughs> but um I I also give myself indulgences all year round and yeah for, for whatever reason because we're pretty well loved for most of our lives we don't really bother with presents too much yeah we'll just kind of buy what we want mostly when we want it mm-hmm. and we'll just make the little things more special and just call them Christmas the same things it's really it's pretty it's all pretty scroogey my mom's disappointed it's like you guys should do something special we're like no we're happy yeah well that's that's all it is i try and buy myself a new ornament every year for the tree Mm, yeah because because again having moved i i really did select the ones that i brought over with me so the collection um is while it can decorate a tree, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not sort of my level of mania decorations. So I try and buy myself an ornament every year, and you know, I could probably buy more, but I, I, I like the buying one ornament, um, and I've 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 yeah. gotten sort of crystal ornaments or something like a little bit slightly higher end, not not a, you know, not a not a plastic easily breakable thing. Well, we do that too. We, yeah, we yeah. started doing that. Um... Uh, uh, we would buy an ornament that kind of signified that year for us. So mm-hmm. ah. we bought an air. I know, I know. What is this here? A mask? Yeah. yeah. What is this here? <laughs> a poo on a screen. I know. <laughs> um, like one year we bought an airplane because we did long distance for three and a half years. And mm. one year was an airplane. Oh, wow. One year was a, a, a diamond ring to signify. I can't remember if that was the year that we got engaged or the year we got married. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just something that signifies that. And I try to buy something a little nicer just because mm. don't go and buy a hundred really expensive, nice ornaments. Yeah. I just want one nice one per year. And after exactly. a lifetime together, you've got a whole tree of memories is what the way I look at it. Yeah, Exactly. We, exactly. we do the same thing, except we buy an ornament every time we travel somewhere. So yeah. at any holiday we go on, we buy an ornament to remind us of the holiday. And it's exactly that. It's like, so when we look at the tree, it's like, oh, my gosh, remember when we were in? Yeah. Blank. Yeah. Yeah. Do, this year, Magnus remember when we were in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you'll, you'll, trip. You'll, you'll have to go to Carol's and go get an Irish Christmas uh, ornament just just to you know remember that 2020 was the day the the year of stay at home. That's a good point. We should probably give them some business. They they must be suffering with no tourists. I think that they did quite well up until COVID. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I've lived here for, for over two years, but I still go into Carol's, which for everybody who's not in Ireland is is kind of like the local gift curio store yeah there's one for irish Irish things yes there's so many of them they all have the same exact stuff range yes yeah the the same exact irish tourist irish things yes 
That that being said, I still love going in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 buy, I bought stuff for, for stuff family and stuff mm. there, definitely. Now's the time to shop. I bet they have some great sales. Oh, yeah. For every time yeah. somebody comes over, here you go. Actually, I kind of like their jewelry, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but but um, so so every uh, I mean, my mom was always really good at this. Our house was decorated to the nines, like not on the outside. Decorating houses on the outside is not really a South African thing. Our our house was always decorated on the inside, and not with like lights and stuff, but we always had like lots of interesting um, music boxes and. Got Santa in a rocking chair, and you know something wooden, and something musical, and something a million different things, and and you'd kind of have focus areas. And my mom was very good at, you know, leading, you know, from the front door into the sort of living areas and and various places, um, and Christmas trees. And we at one stage I think we had four Christmas trees. You know, we just uh, it was it, and it was very festive. And my sister had one in her room, and I had one in my room, and you know whether they were small or large is, um, yeah, but, but it was very much like that. Now, the first year we were here, we were in a small apartment, like a really small apartment. And, you know, we just moved here, like moving here is a, it's a financial thing on its own. So we kind of bought like two decorations and a tiny tree in a pot plant, just like a tiny, tiny tree. So and cute. Yes, it was very cute. And we bought like five decorations oh, for that tiny tree. tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the cutest. Hey, I've seen our, that. Very sweet. Sure. It was very our sweet. Christmas tree is uh, was found in the attic from a previous tenant. And it like it keeps shedding. Every mm-hmm. single year I pull it out and then put it back in. <laughs> and it leans slightly to the right. I'm not going to go buy a new one. It's fine no, until it's it Charlie falls Brown's apart. Tree. I know. It, it's just kind of, it's a little bare, but I didn't it's have to pay personality. for it. <laughs> totally. So that's actually, that surprises me because the way that I've always understood it, a complete stereotype, of course, was that everybody here and everybody in North America always has real Christmas trees as opposed to artificial ones. Now, say that safe. depends. Okay. I think it depends because if I would say... We had cats mm. would have fake one or when we did have a real one, I remember a handful of times as a child having a real one, they are actually a pain in the butt. You have to keep them watered, I think, because when they start to dry out, the the, the needles start to fall. It's a really big pain to clean up. And then they're a fire hazard. Mm. Um, so I'm we, all for fake trees because you can buy it and it'll last your whole lifetime if you get a good one, I think. We we always had real trees when I was growing up. Like it was the whole thing was going, we'd go to cut down our own Christmas tree. We'd go to the Christmas tree farm. We'd get hot cocoa, like, you know, very much like National Lampoons. You know, you trek <laughs> out into the middle of the thing. You find the one you want. Dad would saw it down. You haul it back. They wrap it up. You stick it on the top of the car and off you go. But it is a thing. It's a but, thing. But, but it was... um we had this so my my grandfather has these really old um trains like tiny model trains like old 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 Mm. ones and so from my grandfather which gave to my mother this entire village christmas Mm. under the tree village with the train set so every year what we would do is we put the we'd get the it was this green big piece of wood 
and you'd put the tree on top of that, the live tree, and you'd screw it in and you'd have all the whatever. And then around that, we'd nail in the um, cr- the train tracks and then we'd put up the whole village and then we put the train and the train would run around and it was one of these like a Lionel train set and you put would put smoke capsules, these little like smoke and it would yeah. smoke and it would it would beep beep and it or, or and it would go around and around the track. Um so we had to have the live tree because it was like the thing. Cause you know, you couldn't have the nice train, Christina, without the real tree. But now, um, since I'm an only child and I've grown up and moved away, my parents don't get the train now. They don't they don't do all that stuff. So they just have the fake tree. Um, and we have a fake tree here because it's just easier. But yeah. um, if I had you the know, train set, I think I'd get a real tree. You know, mm-hmm. you were talking about like the train set. Or my, my mom did when we were younger. She did this a lot, um, but she doesn't. She didn't do it anymore because, like, it, it started to get too big, and we ran out of space. And it was kind of a pain in the butt to pull it out every every single year. But you know those Christmas villages when people would put up with the yeah. little miniature houses. She would have a table, and she would pull it out, and she had fake snow, and you'd create this little Christmas village with like the church and the schoolhouse and the library and the house and like there would be little people doing whatever, having snowball fight and like little ceramic things. And then she had, we, there was one, I remember they, it was magnetized. I don't remember how it worked, but they would ice skate. You would turn it on and they would move around and ice skate. And I always liked looking at that, at that every single year, like you turn off all the lights and all these little houses would be illuminated. And it was just, it was, it was hard to like pull everything out and set it up and then put it back. But it was worth it because it was so cute. I love that. I do, I do really liked. I do really like those little um, Christmas villages. Yeah, that's what what I remember. Is we turn on all the lights, keep the Christmas lights on, and then the train had a light at the front. So you just you'd have the train go around with the light, and it would be blowing smoke and doing the little thing, and then the Christmas village, and then the lights in the tree, and it was just it was a thing. And we we'd stare at that for hours. Do you know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. watching it and like. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I know. I really want my own little Christmas village, (laughs) but I have nowhere to put it. I know. I'm like, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, do you have it? I might. (laughs) Maybe I'll make one. I've, I've, uh, like, we're going to put up the tree soon. Um, Time of recording irrelevant. I'm going to put up the tree (laughs) soon. (laughs) Actually, we'll be up by then. Damn it. (laughs) Anyway, my challenge this year is to keep the tree up because we have got cats. And mm. they're still young, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we need to put the tree up, and then the next day do ornaments, and we're going to have to layer them so that the, you know, cheaper mm-hmm. plasticky variety are on the bottom. Although mm-hmm. knowing my cats, they'll probably launch at them from various heights. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll oh, get yeah. inside and go up. Oh yeah. That was just always the way that we had to do it anyway with like yeah. kids and yeah. the odd dog, the cheap or the, or the squishy ones on the bottom, the, you know, nice ones that my mom had allowed herself at the very top. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Not so much of a Christmas village, the, the odd uh, kind of derpy gingerbread house. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat glued together with royal icing. <laughs> Smarties must... nibbled off of it, you know. <laughs> Yum. Have you guys ever made a gingerbread house? Because I've never done it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yep. 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 Not from times. scratch. 
It was usually from a kit. Yeah, I think. We always made ours with um with graham crackers. Mm, yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, yeah we always made ours. Too. Yeah, because my mom always just let us, like, when I was a kid, my friends would come over and my mom would put out, like, little bowls mm-hmm. of, like, all different candies. And then um she'd make her own icing. And mm-hmm. then we'd all get a stack of graham crackers. And then off we went. Mm-hmm. And they always look like disasters, but they tasted great. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because you get to pick your candy and what can go wrong? Uh, now I'm going to, I want to make one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get Paul to make one with me this year, but I don't know what I'd make them out of here. Maybe I'll actually have to make gingerbread. It's okay. Oh. It's not. Well, look, there's gingerbread <laughs> and there's gingerbread. There's like good molasses gingery. Mm. I mean, you, you do get kits though. So. But yes, kit. you can also just get a, a kit. But I could um, get a kit and then I could kind of just do my own thing. Like I could yeah. get a kit for the house and then I could kind of just decorate you it. Could, my you could decorate it the way you want because mm, exactly yeah. royal icing is just icing and water. Yeah. Like hardens like a mofo. It's great. Yeah, royal icing is easy to make. So. Yeah, yeah. super easy. Delicious. We used to we used to always sit um, uh, as kids with, with like biscuits. Mm-hmm. They're not quite graham crackers, but but something like that, let's say. And mm-hmm. also icing and all mm-hmm. different all different sweets, Smarties and jelly tots and all you know. Yeah. Oh, those were the good ones. You wanted to get the jelly tots. We ended up with the Smarties, but <laughs> it was really the jelly tots you wanted. <laughs> so yum. Yeah. And I mean, that was that was kind of like summer yeah. holidays, which is also Christmas oh. in South Africa is summer holidays. So it's it's kind of all in one. Um, you guys, I'm doing that now. <laughs> icicles out of the icing. There we go. I bet there are some Irish people being like, oh, music. Music is what Christmas is about. And yeah. having people over mm. and having a little bit of a... Bing Crosby. That's that's what I think of when I think about Christmas music is Bing Crosby. Really? Mm. Yeah. White Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. I mean, I think of love actually. And therefore, I think of like Mariah Carey. Which is I think sad. I think of grandma got party. run over by the reindeer. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think of all like the silly schoolyard songs. Actually, that we now this in my head. I like the classics. I like like forties, fifties, sixties. Just you know, just the, the classics. Big band. Yeah, that's what I think of. Like that's what we would put on on Christmas Day in the background on the radio. Mm. So. It's, it's, it's probably been slightly ruined or slightly made easier by like Spotify playlists because, mm. you, you know, you probably, you probably find a whole bunch of cool playlists easier. Um, but yes, music, music is a thing actually. All right, ladies. So I think that we have, we have now spoken Christmas for mm-hmm. a while. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think although it is going to be a slightly different Christmas for some, it's. It sounds like, at least within our group, it's not going to be all that different because of COVID. Now, I guess, I guess for all of you listening at home, um, I hope it's not going to be complete shite, you know, like the rest of the year. You know, that's that's the only thing we can hope for. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, we're going to wrap up here. Probably, uh, probably have our own chats after this. But um, guys, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all your podcast platforms, YouTube, do the things. Share it with a friend. Give us a like. Give us a review. Um, we're we're really enjoying making this podcast, and uh, we hope that you're enjoying listening to it. So, yeah. Cheers, everybody. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.